You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today the topic of our podcast is reaching for a higher love. If you have had a pattern of being in toxic relationships, you may not fully understand what needs to happen in order to reach for that higher love. That love that is truly mutual, healthy, and consistent. You may not know what to look for or how it feels to be in a truly healthy relationship. In this episode of Pandora's Box, I'm going to talk about how to go from toxic relationships to higher love. First of all, what is a toxic relationship? If you've been in a relationship with a narcissist or a borderline personality, you've been in a toxic relationship. If you've been in a relationship with an alcoholic, a drug addict, or sex addict, you've been in a toxic relationship. If you've been in a relationship where you're always in fight or flight mode, never really feel safe, are walking on eggshells, are often confused, you've been in a toxic relationship. If you've been in a relationship where the other person never takes responsibility for their behavior, blames you for everything, and is constantly judging and finding fault with you, you've been in a toxic relationship. The word toxic implies poisonous, and poisons can often act slowly in the system and methodically break you down, even kill you. Any kind of poisonous environment is not a healthy environment, and we can't thrive in these environments. As human beings, we all want to thrive. We don't want to be stuck on survive. We want to truly experience love, passion, joy, and connection. But when we are in toxic environments, this is not possible. Instead of thriving, we're slowly dying. If you have physical toxicity in your body, the first step to heal it is to get the toxins out of your body through cleansing and purification, and then work to build the body back to health. With emotional and mental toxicity, it's much the same. You must first remove the toxins from your environment and then cleanse and purify yourself. We don't often think of a person as being toxic or poisonous, but people who are cruel, abusive, manipulative, undermining, judgmental, and consistently hurtful can have a toxic effect on others. In order to heal from a toxic relationship, we need to be able to identify that relationship as toxic. We need to do an inventory and take a good hard look at our life and our environment that we're living in. If we find that we're in fight or flight, 
highly anxious, walking on eggshells, fearful, losing energy, vitality, and a sense of self as a result of our relationship. It simply is not a healthy relationship. Usually when we've been in a toxic relationship for a period of time, we are part of the toxicity. We might be unconsciously feeding it by playing into the hands of the other person, allowing ourselves to be manipulated, disrespected, mistreated, abused, and so forth. Just by staying in some relationships, we're showing signs of toxicity. Because we may have developed some toxic beliefs, such as the other person will change his or her behavior. Or you can tell yourself he or she doesn't mean it when they abuse me. Codependent behavior can be toxic. When you make excuses for the other person and don't stop to identify your own needs, wants, and desires in the relationship, you're part of the problem. When you can finally recognize that you can't change another person and the only way to get him or her to stop the abusive behavior is to leave the relationship, you're beginning to show signs of health and healing. It can be very difficult to remain in a toxic environment and heal. Imagine that you're living in a house with mold and you find yourself getting sick from the mold. It doesn't matter how much you cleanse and purify your body and how much good food you put in your body. If you haven't eliminated the mold, your body won't heal. So if you find yourself in a toxic relationship environment and are trying to heal while in that environment, you may find it next to impossible. I often get people coming to me who have no plans to leave their toxic relationships but want to work with me to learn coping skills within that toxic environment. Of course, I will work with them on setting healthy boundaries, not buying into the control drama, and taking steps towards building their self-esteem so that eventually it will be easier to leave, but they still have no control over the other person's behavior. We can't stop the toxic person in our lives from being toxic. We can't control that. We can't change that. But we can minimize the impact of the toxicity by taking care of ourselves. And if we can't remove ourselves from the environment right away, we can potentially shield ourselves from it. I would say that the primary goal of most people I work with is to have a healthy relationship. They may initially tell me that they want to understand why they continue to get involved in unhealthy relationships so they can find their way to health. Just like our physical health, we need to understand what is making us sick so that we can reverse the sickness. We need to understand what is making our relationship unhealthy in order to reverse this. It's often that we learn to tolerate abuse, disrespect, gaslighting, and other unhealthy behaviors because perhaps we had some or a lot of these kinds of behaviors in our family of origin. They may seem normal to us because how we felt in our family of origin is how we feel in our toxic relationships. It's a familiar feeling, and we tend to migrate towards what is familiar, 
But at some point, we need to recognize that just because something is familiar, it doesn't mean it's healthy or safe for us. In order to break away from unhealthy environments, we have to heal our core wounds that tell us we're not enough. We don't deserve love. There's something wrong with us. We're shameful, inadequate, stupid, ugly, or whatever those core wounds are. We have to rescue the wounded inner child from his or her prison and begin the process of nurturing that child back to health. We need to reparent that child by giving it positive messages on a consistent basis. He or she needs to realize that he or she is good enough, is worthy, and deserves to be loved. There's often a period of time needed for healing between a toxic relationship and a healthy one. We need to reclaim the inner child, begin the process of healing our core wounds and taking back our power. Now, we don't have to be 100% healthy or recovered to have a healthy relationship, but we need to be healthy enough to make the right choices. We need to know what healthy choices are. Let's say you wanted to heal your body by changing your diet. You need to know what foods to select that will bring about that health and healing. If you continue to choose the same junk foods you'd always been eating, you're not going to get healthy. But if you begin making healthy choices of organic fresh fruits, vegetables, and clean water, you begin to change your inner environment. We don't often think about choosing love, choosing kindness, choosing respect, choosing safety, and choosing all those positive qualities that would create a positive environment. But this is what's necessary. How we treat ourselves is the most important first step. You need to learn to treat yourself with kindness, respect, consideration, and love And you need to learn to create a safe environment for yourself. We can only really heal when we have safety. When we reach for a higher love, we're reaching for a higher vibrational energy. We need to dispel the myths that cause us to interpret toxic behavior as love. We need to understand toxic bonds and how they keep us hooked in through unconscious beliefs about what love looks like. Intense drama, on-again, off-again relationships, and relationships that run hot and cold may look like love to someone who's used to this kind of inconsistency, but it isn't. A partner who gets down on his knees and begs you back after an abusive episode may tell you how much he loves you, but his own ideas of love are skewed. Jealousy and possession may look like love, but they aren't. Control and manipulation may look like love to some, but they aren't. Love is really a heart energy that sets us free rather than confines us. When we are set free, we're free to be ourselves. We're free to speak the truth. We're free to follow our own path in life, to have the friends we want to have. We're simply 
free. But toxic love has all these rules and expectations that one could never really be successful at following, partially because the rules are always changing and you never really are clear about what's expected of you. With healthy love, there may be some agreements between you, such as fidelity, respect, and consideration. However, the relationship is not built on expectations and unspoken rules. You're not left always having to second-guess the other person and walk on eggshells for fear of saying or doing something to set that person off. You're not always feeling you need to tune in to the moods of the other to know how to act. Once again, healthy love sets a person free to be himself or herself, allowing for differences, disagreements, and healthy problem-solving. In a healthy relationship, both partners are accountable for their own actions and behavior. It is recognized that we all make mistakes and sometimes we're going to do something that hurts or upsets the other partner, but we take responsibility for our actions and behavior. We apologize when necessary. We truly care about the well-being of the other. In a healthy relationship, we also care about ourselves and our own well-being. We expect to be treated with kindness, love, and respect. Those qualities are non-negotiable, and if our partner mistreats us, we can speak out and bring the mistreatment to their attention. If that person recognizes that he or she was being thoughtless, unkind, or judgmental, and offers a sincere apology, the relationship can return to a place of health. If that person is unable to see how his or her behavior affects the other, it begins to enter into a very unhealthy place. Healthy relationships have equality. One person isn't doing all the emotional heavy lifting, while the other avoids emotions. Both are connected to their emotions and share the emotional burdens of the relationship. Both also share the physical and financial responsibility for the household. Even if one partner contributes more in one way, the other may contribute in another way. In the end, it feels like a win-win. It feels balanced. The energy expenditure is pretty equal. In a healthy relationship, there's also a balance of time together and time apart. Time together involves a good amount of quality time to connect, communicate, and share with each other. But we also let each other go to have the space for their own emotional healing, quiet time, work, and hobbies. A healthy relationship is a beautiful dance between togetherness and separation or autonomy. In healthy relationships, we consider the other as we consider ourselves. We do what we can to meet the needs of the other emotionally and physically, but we also consider our own needs and find healthy ways to communicate to the other what those needs are. Communication's very important. We need to have a safe and healthy environment to communicate our reality to the other, and also to share things that are important to us. Both must be good listeners and hold space for the other to share their experiences and reality. 
Conflict resolution is also important. It's an important part of a healthy relationship. In any relationship, there's conflict. One myth that some people have is that healthy relationships are conflict-free. They are not. Any relationship will have conflict from time to time. A high-conflict relationship may be toxic, but a low-conflict relationship can be healthy. Conflict comes from disagreements and misunderstandings. It comes from having needs or expectations that we haven't communicated to the other. In healthy relationships, we learn how to communicate in a nonviolent way. If we're triggered or upset, it may not be the right time to have an in-depth conversation or to resolve an issue. Instead, it may be time to take a little time for ourselves and come back to the relationship after we've sorted things out with ourselves. The idea that we would never be triggered in a healthy relationship is another myth. A healthy relationship is not a relationship where we are always feeling triggered, but our core wounds and fears may still be triggered from time to time. We need to be able and willing to take responsibility for our own triggers and communicate them in a healthy way. One thing that's important to remember is that we don't own our partners in life. Even if we're married, we don't own that person. That person still has free will and can still make their own choices in life. We're living in a time where people have multiple marriages and divorces in their lifetime. Many people have a series of short-term or long-term relationships. If a relationship is not working, regardless of the time you've been together or the legal agreements between you, a partner can always make another choice. Therefore, we need to value the person we're in relationship with and show them love, respect, consideration, and appreciation. The more we take a partner for granted, the more at risk we are for losing the relationship. We get to choose our relationship partner every day. We need to, at the very least, show our relationship partner the same respect and consideration we would show anyone else. When disrespect and lack of consideration comes in, the relationship begins to erode. When issues get swept under the rug and are not addressed, the relationship begins to erode. When communication stops, the relationship begins to erode. And when there's no longer intimacy or quality time spent with each other, the relationship begins to erode. Just as one would maintain their vehicle to keep it running well, we need to invest our time and energy into maintaining our relationships. They don't just coast along without care and feeding. Without care and feeding, the relationship will die. If you just expect a partner to show up for you and stay with you, but you're not investing in the relationship, you will find that after a time, there is a crack in the relationship and both parties begin to split apart. Oftentimes, by the time a relationship ends, it's already split apart. The split was a long, slow process, and finally, one or both partners must admit They no longer feel connected to the other. Connection isn't something that just happens. 
You can feel a connection with someone in the beginning, but after a period of time together, you need to work to keep that connection alive. You need to keep it fresh and alive by continuing to develop yourself and bring the new dimensions of yourself to the relationship. We can't allow ourselves to get stagnant and just go through the emotions of a relationship without being present. Being present in your relationship is an important quality. This means instead of checking out or distracting yourself, you put all distractions aside and you enter into the here and now with your partner. Be in the present moment together. Bring love and connection into this presence. In a healthy relationship, you're both growing and expanding. So we don't just reach this plateau and tell ourselves we are healed and ready for a healthy relationship. We need to continue our healing and expansion. We need to continue to work with our core wounds and negative beliefs. We need to continue to do self-inquiry, asking ourselves what it is that we want and need and really check in to see what's going on on the inside. We have to be honest with ourselves. We need to continue to learn and try new things. Otherwise, we become stagnant. In a sense, we're always reaching for a higher love, a love that goes beyond romance and sexuality. It's an energy that comes with opening our hearts more and more. The more our hearts are open, the more love we can hold. And the more love we hold, the more we can give and receive. The more we can love ourselves and our own inner child, the more we can love the other and their precious, innocent inner child. The more we can nurture and care for ourselves, the more we're able to nurture and care for the other. The more we can forgive ourselves, the more we can forgive the other. The more we can accept our own human flaws, the more we can accept the flaws in another. If you want a great love in your life, You must find that great love within yourself and then be willing to share that greatness with the other. Let that love expand beyond the mundane and the routines of daily life and truly be a safe harbor to retreat from the world. Let it be a safe place to rest and recharge. A higher love is spiritual love. It's all-encompassing. It includes the divine, because when we can access the divine within ourselves, we can bring the other into that divine. You're not looking to the other to fill you up. You're looking to love itself, to the divine spiritual love to fill you up, and you simply share the overflow with your partner. You bring that person into that overflowing energy of love. Sometimes the other may be going through a difficult time and you might need to hold the love for them. And sometimes you may be going through a difficult time and you need your partner to hold the love for you. This is the give and take of life. We're strong for the other when he or she can't be. But this is a two-way street. We both need to be able to play that role for each other. 
rising up to a higher love is really about opening our own heart to love and allowing ourselves to be filled up by that love. It's not a love that we extract or get from the other. It is the love we get from a higher power, from God, from source, from the divine. As we fill our own cup with the love that is our birthright, we give to others from the overflow. If we're feeling down or depleted, we need to learn to go first to the source of love and light to heal us and fill our cups. Our relationship is first with the source of all love and light. And secondly, we bring that loving essence to our partners, our friends, and our family. Love is the highest power. And you don't have to work to earn it. It's your birthright. Remember this. You are worthy of love. You are lovable. Never believe the lies that tell you you don't deserve love. You are love. Of course you deserve it. So open your heart and let love in. Everything else will come to you. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information on my work, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. See you in the next podcast. Thank you.